Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Blackboard. This is our Week 12 DFS and betting episode. I am Zach. I am John. And uh, this episode is brought to you by our good friends at Netflix and two of their newest documentaries that they added this weekend that I watched. Um, John, one you would definitely really like, I think, because you're a music guy. I, I think I know what... I mean, they're both music documentaries. Okay. But I know one you're probably way out on, but <laughs> okay. who knows. But uh, there, <laughs> there was one that uh, my wife and I watched on Black Friday called Squaring the Circle. Huh. And um, it is about these two guys in the late 60s that you know were into photography and art. And they were just like, yeah, man, let's start an art group. Because that's uh, like okay. what you did back in the day. Yeah, you just got high group. and you yeah. know made art. Well, they had like a group of friends and they're, you know, they would just, you know, you know, take acid with and do all this stuff. And well, those guys ended up being Pink Floyd. Oh wow! And so Very Pink cool. Floyd's getting ready to release their first album. They're like, "Hey, why don't you guys do our album cover?" They're like, "All right, yeah, we'll work something out." Did it? You know, it's whatever. Pink Floyd comes back. He's like, "Hey, we got another album." They're like, "Oh, what's it called?" They're like, "Oh, um, Adam Hart Mother or whatever the heck it's called." And the guys like, "Oh, cool. What if we just put a cow on the cover?" They're like, "Yeah, dope. <laughs> yeah, do it." So basically, they're just making Pink Floyd album covers, doing photography, like yeah, middling yeah, around yeah. for a couple years, and then they. Uh, they do the Dark Side of the Moon album cover, mm. and everybody Iconic. loses their mind. Yep. So Paul McCartney brings him up on the phone. And is like, "Hey, my band Wings, we need album covers." Like, yeah, sure. Led Zeppelin calls him up. Like, hey, we need album covers. All of Led Zeppelin's album covers, all of Pink Floyd's, all of Paul McCartney and Wings. Once he started calling them, right? Uh, Peter Gabriel, Ten CC, everybody. Dude. Wow, they did all of them. It was Very sick. cool. And so yeah, uh, really the documentary goes into depth about basically what graphic design was back then you know like cutting out pictures and yeah. color correcting like on your own like things that take 15 minutes now yeah took yeah. them like weeks that's insane i mean yeah everything i mean so photoshop it, now i mean now you have ai right exactly which is just yeah you've got now crazy it's even another level of yeah. just like dude so that was super cool to watch because i mean that to me like I mean, I'm a I collect records, and uh, it's super cool to see where those covers came from and how they were made. It's yeah, insane, very cool. Um, so that was cool. And then last night, I watched the Wham documentary. The Wham documentary. Wham. Okay, like George Michael and yeah. Wham. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've watched that too. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't yeah. know. I mean, I, I I think I have an idea of like your music style. I didn't know if you listened to Wham, uh, but pretty broad. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm a big uh, George Michael fan. Okay. So didn't know was, that about you. It was pretty sweet, man. Um, Nice. He, what I took away from it, because I don't want to spoil it, because I don't like spoiling these things, he is one of the greatest friends to the other guy in Wham, Andrew, I forget his last name, um, because, I mean, clearly, nobody knows who that other guy is. Right. You know George Michael. Yeah, everyone knows And, that. um, whoa, sorry, got a weird, my uncle is super weird, sent me a weird text, and I didn't really realize <laughs> what was happening. Um, Come on, Unc. Sorry. <laughs> so basically, George Michael, you know, starts becoming this like teen idol in the 80s. And uh, Band Aid is happening, you know, like the big, mm-hmm. you know, in the 80s, the big live performance. And Elton John calls George Michael and says, like, Hey, I want you to sing um, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me while I play, you know, whatever. Like, that's a big thing, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, he didn't call Wham, he called George. Yeah. And George is like, I only do it if. My buddy and, Andrew's if there. If Andrew gets to sing yeah. back up and be on stage, I'm like, damn. 
That's a good that's friend. A good, right that's there. a that's a real one. Yeah, yeah. So a really great documentary. It was super cool. I mean, it didn't like go on into his solo career and stuff. It just literally just the career of Wham. So pretty sweet. I love music documentaries. So yeah, yeah. thank you Netflix for um, doing that for us. Yes, thank you, <laughs> thank you Netflix. Um, I watched absolutely nothing over the week, so I have nothing to add. Well, dude, well, there's two you can watch whenever you have some free time. Yeah, absolutely. Because we are busy making picks for you guys, That's John. Right. Give us an update because we killed it. Yes, uh, you know, not to brag or anything, but uh, we're pretty smart. Yeah, yep, you should listen. Um, so this past week, so entering this week, we were both good. We both had twelve and eight records against the spread. Uh, the combined the previous two weeks, we had done right. this because um, remember at first we were alternating picks, but we decided we would just each pick every game. That way, it's more of a full you know representation of our picks. So um, this week, you went. 13 and 3. Yeah. Um, so let me uh, come off of that and also say that a couple weeks ago I said I was going to put a dollar on all of my picks every time, and I did. And I put a dollar down, and I was set to win $27,000 off a dollar, and I missed it by three picks. So I kind of threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> but um, yeah, that would have yeah, been something. Yeah. I, I New kinda... studio equipment, you know. Oh, mics. yeah, dude. I, I would have taken the week off of work. It would have oh, been great. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Um, but that brings your your season total mm. since we began recording this yeah. um, to twenty five and eleven against the spread. Oh yeah, so outstanding. Um, I went ten and six this week, which is pretty good. Very good. Um, you know, you're gonna take that I'll just take about that. every I'll week. I'll take that every week. But I'm it pales in comparison to whatever you just pulled out of a hat. So I am twenty two and fourteen now on the season. You're you're uh, three games ahead of me. All right. Um, we've, you know, we still got some weeks left, so we'll, we'll make a bunch more picks and we're going to make some here today, but yeah, I mean, for rapid fire, I'm telling you what, it's not like we're, we're not going into this with like a bunch of notes for the games. No, it, I mean, that's I mean, the whole point of us. Half picking. the time I'm learning about the, the games <laughs> as I'm reading them off. Yeah. We're just, we're, we're taking what knowledge we have and following the lines. So yeah, it's been really, really fun so far. I'm excited to see what we do here in week 13. We'll get to rapid fire later, but as uh, wow. But first, as usual, we're going to jump into our DFS lineups. Last week, we did a Thanksgiving-only little Thanksgiving lineup. special. John, do you still have your lineup from last week on your phone or no? I sure do. Yeah. Okay, because John, unlike me, found himself in the money line. So why don't you give us a rundown of what that lineup looked like? So uh, Dak Prescott was a boom matchup against the Washington Commanders on Thursday afternoon. Um he had a big day. I paid eighty five hundred for him, and I think that ended up being a steal, considering the. Oh, output. definitely, yeah. Um, then I went with uh, this is probably where I missed a little bit. I went with David Montgomery, who was fine. He, he had a pretty good output, but Zach Charbonnet was kind of my dart throw, kind of bargain bin shopping running back at only fifty eight hundred. He didn't really give a whole lot. He wasn't real efficient on the ground. He had a couple catches for very very little um, output, so he gave me single digit points. But then I had a Ross St. Brown. Um, had a really big game. Um, DK Metcalf. And then Brandon Cooks was a name that we both threw around, I believe, in our yes, lineups. We both and had he had a Cooks, great yeah. game. Brandon Cooks is Prescott. Mr. Thanksgiving. Yeah, he was awesome. Um, Ferguson was my tight end. I don't know. if Was that your tight end as well? Yeah, that was disappointing. Yeah, that was unfortunate. But then I went with Christian Watson. I felt real smart on that one as well. Um, <laughs> I couldn't pull myself to do it, but I'm glad that you did it. Yeah, his uh, best game of the year. He was five for 90-plus yards, a touchdown. He was 
very good as a really cheap flex. He was only 5,600 last week on FanDuel. So between Brandon Cooks and C, uh, Christian Watson, they were 5,600 and 5,700 respectively, and they both gave big output. So that was um, huge for the lineup. Wish I would have hit better on running back. Probably would have won even more money, but hindsight's hey, always 2020. Goes, man. You, you know? still made money. That's right. And then I had well, the technically, Dallas, I, I made Dallas money. That was my money well. you used. Right, correct, because I am permanently, it seems, signed out of FanDuel. <laughs> it is how it goes. Uh, this week, we're going to do Sunday through Monday, as we usually do. Thursday night, you get kicked out. Um, I'll start here. All right. I've got a value pick at quarterback, and I'm pulling this one out of a hat, and it worked for me a couple weeks ago when I did it uh, at a different position, but I'm going to go Kenny Pickett at quarterback. Wow. <laughs> I know, dude. Wow. I know. A uh, little homerism on my part, but I'm a, I'm encouraged by what I saw against the Bengals. The Cardinals defense is, uh, I'd say, about the same, and that is not very good. I'd say they're worse. So $6,700 so. for a quarterback. I am all in on Kenny Pickett. You know what? I like I like the strategy. Yeah. I do. I mean, you're Thank looking you. at. A really cheap quarterback option that sets up the rest of your lineup if it hits. I mean, that's how you win these these DFS matchups. Right. You got to hit on. You got to follow a gut um, feeling you might have on a couple guys who are really undervalued. And um, so, yeah, I, I tip my cap. Thank you, sir. Very very interesting pick. I hope it works out for you. Thanks. Um, I'm going with Sam Howell. Um, yeah, I like it. I mean, also you talked about him pick. in yesterday's episode. I did, and um, I just love the volume and I love the opportunity of their potentially potentially being a shootout against the Miami Dolphin team um, on Sunday. Um, only 7,500. The Dolphins do give up some points to the quarterbacks. And I think yep. there's a high likelihood the Dolphins, against a bad commander defense, um, put up a lot of points, which oh, again yeah. forces Sam Howell to throw the ball a ton. So, yeah, um, I agree. It could, could also be a nice steal at the quarterback position for not a whole lot of money. For sure. My first running back is going to be David Montgomery. Uh, they're playing the Saints this weekend. Uh, I know the Saints have a pretty decent defense, but I think the two-headed monster in Detroit at running back has proven to be uh, tough to deal with. David Montgomery gets the goal line touches. He gets the touchdowns. He's $7,800, so I'm rolling with David Montgomery. Really safe pick because he just gets all the goal line work there, yeah, folks. Exactly. I mean, he yep. gets everything there. So Jameer Gibbs can do all the work and literally like 70-yard run down to the half-yard line. They're like, get out. David, it's your time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, really good pick. Um, I'm going with Travis Etienne as my RB1. Mm. 8,700, but he's playing against Cincinnati. Yeah. He hasn't. He's had some touch. I think I talked about it um, our last episode. Lawrence, uh, you know, at quarterback, three rushing touchdowns the last two weeks. He's been vulturing those red zone opportunities on the ground. I think Etienne's really, he's primed oh, to, to, to snap it. back. And against the Cincinnati team, that's just limping their way here into yes, December. Um, I think he could be great. Um, he's a legitimate shot at being RB1 this week. I really, I genuinely believe that, so I'm going to go with him at 8,700. I like and, it. Uh, yeah, he's my RB1. My RB2 is going to be your boy, Rashad White, playing a terrible Carolina team. Mm-hmm. Um, if Tampa Bay gets up in that game, then it's going to be the Rashad White show. You've got Baker Mayfield dealing with, you know, getting a little banged up. Um, so, I mean, they might be feeding him the ball even more. So I like Rashad White yeah. in this matchup. He's $7,500. That's my guy. Yeah. yeah. Love him. No, right, great yeah. pick. 
Really steady at running back. My RB2 is interesting. So this is totally dependent on the health of Jonathan Taylor. But if you listen okay. to this episode early enough before they adjust potential, you know, what these guys are costing, Zach Moss is only 5,600 right now, guys. Woo. If he's the guy in Indianapolis this week, he's probably worth being like 7,800 or something. You know, eight, like he's way under market value if he yeah. ends up being the starter this week. So I kind of decided to build my lineup around the idea that I'm getting him at a discount. And he'll be my RB2 at 5,600. But, um, yeah, this really is just dependent on does Taylor play. Right. Um, right. If he plays, I'll have to go in here and edit a couple spots, quite frankly, to, to make the salary work. But as of right now, I think Moss might play, so I'm going to go with it. My first wide receiver off the board, I'm riding a hot hand here, and that's going to be Tank Dell. Uh, Houston is playing Denver at 1 o'clock. So it's going to be a really interesting game. Denver's, I mean, they're finding ways to win games. Um, but I really just like Tank Dell's production recently. I like what all of Houston's doing on offense, and I'm just gonna, you know, hope that uh, that hot streak continues for Tank Dell. He's eighty two hundred dollars, so um, you know, a little more expensive for like somebody who's technically like a wide receiver two on that team. I still think Nico Collins right. is like the one, but um, I mean, dude, he's hot right now, and I'm just hoping it continues. So eighty two hundred bucks for Tank Dell. All right. Uh, my wide receiver one, the sun god, Amon hey. Ross, St. Brown, 8,500. I'm paying up for him, but yep. again, I have that luxury to do that a couple times because I have that extreme discount on Moss. Um, what is there to say? I don't He's just, he's a target hog. He's a, he's yep. a machine. He's going to get a bunch of targets, a bunch of looks. Um, if he finds his way into the end zone, then it's just a bonus at this point because he yep. gives you such a safe floor. Um, I have some more upside with a couple of my I following mean, he's, picks. He's but, good for 10 plus targets a game. Absolutely. Yeah, no, he's he's the guy. Uh, You know, somebody else might step up with four or five catches, whether that be Raymond or Reynolds or maybe Jamison Williams, you know, whoever. You have Laporta in that room, but it's it's the Amon Ross St. Brown show in Detroit. So that's a slam dunk start for me. My second wide receiver, uh, somebody we talked about in yesterday's episode, that's going to be Calvin Ridley. Um, I'm also targeting that Cincinnati defense and how you said they were limping, and they are definitely limping. Um, Calvin Ridley, two great weeks in a row. He's got three touchdowns in the past two weeks. So much like Tank Dell, I'm hoping to not necessarily catch lightning in a bottle, but just ride a hot streak here for Calvin Ridley. He is $7,400. So right around the middle of the pack, um, kind of what to expect from him. Yeah. So yeah, I'm once again, I'm, I'm taking, I wouldn't say risk at wide receiver, but I'm taking guys who going for upside. Yeah. Exactly. That's what you so, have to do. There's there's a path, and for that's a Monday. For that's him, a Monday so. night game too. So it is. yeah, Calvin Ridley. Um, well, I'm doing the same thing, buddy. I'm hey. going with Calvin Ridley as my wide receiver too. So I'm going with the ETN Ridley stack in the nice. same matchup. Nice. Probably tells you a little something about how I feel about that game. <laughs> um, that's going to be happening in Jacksonville. So yeah, Calvin Ridley is my wide receiver two. My wide receiver three, and uh, this is the first time I'm taking any player from this entire team all season, and that is going to be Rasheed Rice as my wide receiver three. He's only $6,100. They're Love playing it. Green Bay. Love it. If I mean, he, he, still, he's still the only real viable wide receiver option in that room. Um, great game against the Raiders this past week. Uh, 10 targets, 8 receptions, 170 yards, and a touchdown. He, it looked like he became the wide receiver one. On yeah, team. it really did. And so, I talked about this a little bit a week or two ago where it just feels like someone has to emerge right. in that Kansas City receiving room. Um, and 
for me, it's almost more so about just making, you know, if you're Andy Reid and you're that coaching staff, it's just selecting a guy and making sure his snap count reflects the fact that they're really trying to make him a point of emphasis for the right. offense. Right. And it's just because it's like every receiver in that team is a 40, 50% snap count. They rotate a bunch of guys, Tony mm-hmm. and Moore and Watson and and uh, MVS, who just does nothing but drop, drop. passes from elite quarterbacks. Yeah. But, um, you know, Rasheed Rice is he's the young stud rookie who's really shown a lot of flashes this season. And they finally just kind of rode him to being that true number one option in the offense, not named Travis Kelsey. And I think that could continue the rest of the season. So, yeah, that's um, a great pick. I you. chose him as well. As my flex. Oh, okay. So, all right. All right. Um, I'm also going with him, but my wide receiver three is going to be Jordan Reed um, in Green Bay against Kansas City. I think they'll be forced to throw the ball in this matchup a decent bit. I think it'll be a somewhat of a balanced game, but yeah. going against Kansas City, Jordan Love looked great against the yep. pretty good Detroit team. Um, he really likes Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed had really good weeks 10 and 11, I believe, mm-hmm. and then led the team in targets again in week 12 and found the end zone. Yep. Um, he feels like a steady staple that can come out of that offense. Yeah, we talked so. about him last week we, uh, going into the game about how, I mean, you said he's best route runner on the team by far. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's, he's a safe option. Good for football Jordan player. Yeah. He's, he's a lesser-known commodity because he's a rookie, and Christian Watson's been the guy who's gotten most of the hype there. But um, if this happens to be a game where they have to throw and Romeo Dubs doesn't vulture touchdowns despite mm-hmm. being not that involved... Uh, Jaden Reed, Jaden Reed could be in line for a really nice game, and that's a, that's a cheap price at sixty one hundred. Like so get ahead of the trends with Jaden Reed. Nice. Uh, at tight end, um, this is where I'm stacking here. So I'm gonna stack Kenny Pickett with Pat Frymuth. Um So a bit of a value pick on tight end as we were um, getting ready to record this episode. You were mentioning how tight ends are getting more expensive, and they are. Pat Frymuth is not. Not yet. Uh, big week last week. Uh, as far as Fanduel points go, it's sixteen and a half. That's nine catches for one hundred and twenty yards. Uh, bigger day if you're playing full PPR fantasy. However, I am once again saying that I'm hoping that this hot streak, even though it's only one game, continues. Uh, but you know, it's same, a trend. Yes, I mean, same things that trend. I said about Kenny Pickett and going against Cardinals defense. It's you know, I'm just going to echo those same things with Pat Frymuth and. I, I will like say, I, I, number one, I love you're putting your money where your mouth is with these picks because you've talked about these guys, and we talked about yeah. Frymuth in the previous episode. Um, Kenny has the easy matchup. I just, from a fan perspective, not even talking about fantasy football, I need to see that like that 300-yard multi-touchdown game from Kenny Pickett. Oh, yeah. And there tune is it, no, tune in at 1 o'clock on Sunday. The best, yeah, <laughs> this is the best candidate probably yeah. game at to this point on the schedule especially now that they do have the new offense mm-hmm. or, or the new uh mentorship i guess of on the offense <laughs> new, new you know new yeah, architects yeah. so to speak um putting together the game plan for the week and this could be the week so you're gonna, I, if I those two so. guys hit with the rest of your lineup you're looking pretty good <laughs> yeah uh, my tight end is gonna be gerald everett not as exciting um no, hey, is coming off a game with a touchdown though yep. and he looks healthy mm-hmm um, New England stinks, and their They're defense hasn't terrible. been bad. The defense has actually been pretty good, but yeah. I just it feels like the wheels are just getting ready to fall off completely in there to where yeah, it's just going to be a mess on both sides. Two of the and ball. nine, Whew. yeah, not not good. So he's only five thousand. That was hey. why I went with him. Nice. Um, right. Needed to save a little bit of money, but hey, he's a guy that Herbert looks for him in the red zone, and if he only gives you three or four catches for thirty yards, but he finds the end zone. You're a happy camper at the yep. tight end position, so I'm, I'm I'm betting on that, and uh, yeah, he'll be my tight end. 
So I'm going a little opposite with my flex. I've been riding hot streaks here. Now I'm choosing a player here that I think is due for a better week after a couple weeks of being, let's just call it cold. And that's going to be Josh Downs. Okay. Uh, yeah. Wide receiver for Love the Colts. That. $6,100. They're playing Tennessee. We talked about it yesterday's episode, I think, about Tennessee's defense. And eh, could potentially be a big game for Josh Downs. I liked what you said like that when you said that. I kept that in mind. So then today... I'm throwing him in my lineup and my flex. I love it. No, I think he is a chance for big plays in this one, especially if a lot of the attention does go to Michael Pittman through the air. Yeah. Um, they don't have a good secondary, and that game could get away from them uh, if they're not careful. So uh, Josh Downs, man, he's so he's quietly, from a analytic and metric standpoint, if you look at some sample data across all rookie wide receivers, he's been one of the most efficient and best route-running success rates wide receivers of this entire rookie class. Yeah. Um, so he's a really good football player, and he's healthy. He's going to be on the field. So um, he, he's someone, again, get ahead of the curve. I mean, he's he's the type of guy he could really blow up. And that I mean, I mean, he saw 13 targets on Sunday against Tampa Bay, yeah. and he only caught five of those. But, yeah, I mean, but the you, fact that you, they're forcing the ball to him is Always great. follow that volume, though, right? Yeah, and he's exactly. such a good young player. So, yeah, I love the pick. And at your flex, you mentioned you have, I have Rashid Rice. I do have Rashid Rice, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that one. Also, uh, 6,100. Uh, so he and Jaden Reed, my third and fourth receivers, both at 6,100. And then my defense for the week at home, mm-hmm. Akersher Stadium, the Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> 4,900. Nice. I went even cheaper with my defense. Okay. Uh, but I like the matchup, and that is the Jets playing the Falcons, $4,400. Uh, Desmond Ritter, yeah. Mr. Turnover himself, um, against a tough pass defense in the Jets. Boy, um, will that be a fun game to watch. Wow, oh, man, that's an wow. exciting one. <laughs> Set your dials for 1 o'clock on Sunday. Because... Set all your alarms, get the DVR Ooh. going. So, yeah, um, that's going to do it for our lineups. I'll give you a quick rundown real quick. Again, as a reminder, that's Kenny Pickett at $6,700. wee mm. Kenny the Great. <laughs> David Montgomery at $7,800 and Rashad White at $7,500. Those are my running backs. Uh, wide receivers Tank Dell, $8,200. Calvin Ridley, $7,400. Rasheed Rice, $6,100. We're tying that together with um, Pat Frymuth at the tight end to stack the Steelers offense going against the Cardinals defense at $5,800. Josh Downs in the flex position at $6,100. And the New York Jets defense against the Atlanta Falcons. John, give me yours. I've got Sam Howell against Miami. I'm hoping it's a shootout. Mm. A lot of pass attempts. Um, 7,500. Lock it in. We're going to do Travis Etienne as my RB1. 8,700. One of two guys I'm paying up for here, but um, I love the opportunity for him to bounce back against Cincinnati. I just don't think Lawrence can keep vulturing rushing touchdowns. It's nah, just not going to nah, happen. It's not sustainable. No, it's it's also the way they've they've happened too. It's just, it's not even like it's a part of the offense really. So, uh, ETN Zach Moss will be my RB two because I currently think he may start in Indianapolis and he's real cheap at fifty six hundred. And then the other guy I paid up for was the Sun God eighty five hundred against New Orleans. I have Calvin Ridley seventy four hundred against Cincinnati again. So I like those Jacksonville matchups against the Bungles. Um, Jaden Reed, 6,100. My flex is also Ray, uh, Rasheed Rice at 6,100. And then I have Gerald Everett, 5,000 against the Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers D mm. against Arizona, 4,900. Lock it in. Awesome. All right. Great lineup, buddy. Love it. 
That means it is now time for rapid fire. Whew. John, no thinking. Here we go. All right. Thursday night, Seattle in Dallas. Dallas favored by nine. Over under at 46 and a half. I see thinking happening here. <laughs> My computer stopped working. It's okay. It's just not loading. We'll, we'll maybe reintroduce that. Yeah, that's fine. Hold on. I want it to turn on. Fandle, dude. This, this. Hey, now I'm good. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll start that whole thing over again. That now means it is time for. Rapid fire. John, no thinking right off the top. Here we go. Seattle visiting Dallas on Thursday night. Dallas favored by nine. The over-under set at 46 and a half. Oh, I think you have to give me Dallas. Give me Dallas at minus nine. I like them at the spread. I went against them. Um, or excuse me, I went, yeah, I did. I, I kind of didn't think they Big were going to cover last week. Huh? Big mistake. I know. I screwed up, but I can't do it again. However, they can't beat teams with winning records. What's Seattle now? Mm. I don't know. Do they? What is Seattle's record? Uh, what the heck? They this don't have a it on rapid here. Fire of us, I guess. No, this uh, isn't. So, uh, hurry it up. All right. All right. <laughs> well, give me Dallas then. Well, give me them okay. at minus nine, yep. and um, I'm gonna say. I know we're not tracking this, but I'm going to take the under, actually, on this one. Okay. I'm also going to take Dallas, but I'm going to go the over. I think Dallas comes pretty close to doing that themselves. All right. The 46 yeah. and a half. Sounds good. Next one up, we have a beautiful game. This is the Chargers in New England. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chargers favored by six. The over-under is low, 39 and a half. What do you think? It's low, rightfully so. Um, so, I don't actually trust the Chargers to beat anybody, really. But the Patriots might not really be anybody. So I'm going to take the Chargers minus six. And as far as the over-under, I'm going to go under. I don't see New England really scoring in that game. So, yep, give me the Chargers minus six. John? I I have to agree with you. As much as I want to say that New England will play defense and keep it close, it's, in New England. <laughs> it's just a bad football team now, man. And you know the Chargers have their issues right now, but um, they they didn't play Baltimore bad um, no, on the I Monday mean, night game. It yeah. could be another low scoring one, but um, I do like the Chargers winning by a touchdown. I mean, who are the Patriots going to run out of quarterback? Who even knows? It doesn't. Really it doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Game of the week. Ooh. Cardinals. Wow! Look at this. Cardinals oh, in man. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's biggest line of the season, favored by five and a half, oh, and the over under is set at forty and a half. <laughs> You're really making me. Uh, oh, I hate to do this. They need to prove. I, I got to take Arizona plus five and a half. In okay. This game. All right. Until I actually see that outburst, which yeah. we're talking about it, I think it could happen. It's fair. We've talked about it a few times this year. The Cardinals only scored eight points on the. Rams. We still have practice squad players all over the defense. If you're if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and oh, oh Minka's. All right, you talk me out of it. I'll take the Steelers <laughs> at minus five and a half. Nice. All right. All right. What about you? Yeah, I'm taking the Steelers. Also, if I had to choose the over under, I'm going to go under because the Steelers haven't beat an over under, and I couldn't tell you how long. So <laughs> yeah, uh, but, that's true. <laughs> under on that one for me, but yeah, I'll take the Steelers minus five and a half. Right. Fun game though. Biggest biggest line we've seen Pittsburgh have all year. Yeah, interesting. Um, 
And we have a really interesting game, too. Yes. Above 500 teams in the Denver Broncos and the Houston Texans. The game is going to be in Houston, <laughs> and they are going to be favored by three and a half. This is one of those ones that makes me nervous to pick. Um, me too. However, coming off a tough loss, I think the Broncos' luck finally runs out here. I don't want to call it luck, but I think that their hot win streak finally runs out here, and I think the Texans knock them off. I'm going to take the Texans minus three and a half. As far as the over-under, 47 and a half. That's pretty high. That's I'm way too high for me. Way too high. I'm staying under that. Yeah, I like the under there, too. All right. Um, I'm actually going to go with Denver plus three and a half right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I thought about it. I, I think we... I just think when you compare the offenses, I don't think Denver has the offense to keep up with Houston. If if Houston can... I, I think it's just a close, low-scoring game mm-hmm. where C.J. Stroud does get stifled because we have to kind of recalibrate our outlook Yeah. when it comes to the Denver Bronco defense. It's mm-hmm. been good. Yeah. And, they, they I mean, they completely stifled Kansas City. They've beat a bunch of good teams as of late. Yeah. Um, I understand sure. the Cleveland offense not... You know, not nothing special without Deshaun Watson and everything, but they've they've just looked good, and they they play a slow, boring offensive style that kills clock. Right, and I I think at the very least they can keep it close within a field goal. I uh, wouldn't be surprised to see them win the game. So, yeah, All right. Denver plus three and a half. I'm All going right. with it. All right, the Detroit Lions visiting the New Orleans Saints. The Lions favored by four and a half after a disappointing Thanksgiving Day loss. And the over-under is set at 45.5, which is kind of high for this game. Yeah, I think you have a lot of injuries on the New Orleans side on offense. Yeah. And I just think Detroit's going to come out extra attention to detail on this one after kind of looking like the lesser team against Green Bay on Thanksgiving. So, oh, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll take – I like this one. I like this line. I feel comfortable here. Uh, Detroit by 4.5. What do you think? Yeah, no, Detroit by a million. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, looked back earlier in the season, Detroit after their last loss. I mean, they came, they came out. I mean, I, uh, God, what's his name? Their coach, Dan Campbell. Yep, I love that dude. I do too. Yeah, that's the kind of coach I'd want to play for, and he's going to have those guys fired up after, like we said, a tough loss. So, yeah, Lions easily four and a half. Um, it, I'm going to go under the 45. I don't see the Saints scoring very many points in this game. Okay. So, yep, sounds good. All right, moving right along, we have Indianapolis visiting the Titans in Tennessee. Really, really low line here. It's Indianapolis favored by one and a half. So Tennessee home underdogs, but not by a lot. Yeah. Um, the over under forty two and a half, which I thought was a good good place to put that game. Yeah, this um, is a tough one. Mm, these teams are so similar to me, uh, but I'm gonna take the Colts minus one and a half. This is I hate small lines like this, but yeah, I'll take the Colts minus one and a half. Whether they have Jonathan Taylor or not, um, we talked about it in yesterday's episode. Like you said, Will Levis starting to kind of not even start to. He had one good game. Yeah, I you mean, know, and so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me the Colts minus one and a half. That over under that that could go over. It could. I mean. And we're not keeping track, but I'm gonna—I'm just put it on record. I'm gonna say over. Okay. Yeah. Mid mid twenties for both teams. And they get over. Okay. I don't—I don't see the Tennessee breaking twenty. So I feel like if Indianapolis wins the game, um, that's what the way it goes over. But uh, if it's a close one, and it's if this line is indicative of how close the game actually is, I think it's the under. Yeah. I think if Tennessee wins the game, it's—it's it's gonna be a boring twenty to seventeen, twenty to fourteen type okay. game, seventeen fourteen, something like that. So. Um, so, but yeah, I'm going to go with Indianapolis a minus one and a half as well. All right. 
And the Atlanta Falcons, oh God, the Atlanta Falcons visiting the New York Jets. This, I believe, is the lowest line or over under of the week. Um, the Falcons are favored by three after a, um, you know, decent win over the Saints. That was, that game was, bleh. um, so yeah, Falcons favored by three in New York over under at 34. Yeah, give me the Jets at plus three home underdogs. I think. This is every game is must win from this point forward. Yeah, um, I think Atlanta's really turnover prone against a really good defense in New York. They're playing playing for their lives. They want Aaron Rodgers to come back. Yeah. <laughs> they have to. They have to win games like this. Yeah, I mean they just have to. There's, there's, they've dug a hole. So um, I'm going to say the Jets pull this one out. Um, I think the Falcons probably overall a better team right now, but um, both. Both have a really ugly style of offense, and when that's the case, I'm going with the home team that has the better defense. So I'll, yeah. I'll say they can keep it within three. I agree. I'm going to take the Jets plus three. That's why I picked their defense um, in our DFS lineup a couple minutes ago. So, yeah, give me the Jets plus three. Over under 34. Yeah, I'm going to go under on that. Oh, boy. I'll go over just because it's so low. It doesn't take much to break through that. So I'll, I'll, I'll take the over just for difference's sake. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, all right, moving right along. We have the Miami Dolphins in Washington. Um, the Dolphins heavy away favorites. Nine and a half is the line. Over under 49 and a half. So Vegas thinks it's a shootout, potentially. Mm. Um, yeah. They're basically saying 30 to 20 Miami is what they're saying. Right. So uh, what do you think? Mm. So I want to take the Dolphins minus nine and a half, but Washington has played good teams tough. I mean, we just saw it on Thanksgiving. Um, they hung in there against the Cowboys for a bit. And they ended up they getting did. blown out, but they, they, did, they had but two that was all towards the end of the game. Two but, strong yeah. games against the Eagles. Yep. Um, so give me Washington plus nine and a half. Uh, right. Then over under, yeah, over. I could see the over in that. I could, so, yeah. yeah. I think it will be a Washington, bit of a shootout. Washington plus nine and a half. What about you? Um, I like Miami minus nine and a half. Um, I just think that, I mean, they just lit up a good Jets defense. Yeah, they did. Yeah, for sure. Um, the Washington, oh my God. That defensive unit. Name me one player on the commander's defense right now. Montez Sweat. Then you get traded. Oh, got traded. <laughs> He's a bear. Oh, crap. Exactly. Uh, yeah. No Chase Young? No, nope. I don't I know mean, anybody. Their two best players are gone. They didn't have depth to be, I mean, yeah. Uh, give me the Dolphins minus nine. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. All right. The terrible Carolina Panthers are traveling to Tampa Bay to face the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers favored by five and a half. The over-under set at 36 and a half. What do you got? Yeah, give me the Buccaneers. Yeah. Easy. I don't even have to think about it. It doesn't even look like the Panthers are trying out there anymore. They're not. Honestly, it's. You know, the so sad bad. thing is... The sad thing is, uh, did you see... Uh, um, I almost said C.J. Stroud. Um, that, uh, Bryce Young's parents didn't even wear... They were in, gear they were in to Alabama the gear. Alabama gear. They looked miserable. I guess you can kind of say, okay, the Iron Bowl was this weekend, whatever. But yeah. you're at your son's NFL game. Yeah, I don't think... Wild. Yeah, I don't think they've uh, had a great experience in the Carolina organization no, at no, this point. No, no, no. Team's been terrible. It's kind of stifled Bryce Young, I think, to an extent, yeah. too. So. All right, so we're both in it. We both Buccaneers, like Tampa. Yeah. Five and a half. That's, yeah. I, quite Easiest frankly, I think in, that's yeah. in Tampa Bay, too. Yeah. I just feel like it could be a higher line. Could be, um, yeah. I, that's, that's one I would slam dunk put a bet on for sure. All right. 
Moving on, we got San Francisco. This is game of the week for me. Uh, the 49ers visit Philadelphia. Oh my God. And San Francisco, three point favorites as the away team. In Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. The over under is 46 and a half. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I know, right? Maybe. Yeah. Um, I think San Francisco is a great football team. I think the Eagles are, you know, I mean, they got to lose sometime. 49ers, nah, 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 nah. Eagles plus three. Okay. Yeah. yeah I Eagles mean, it, plus three. It makes you uh, think. Over 46 and a half. Um, <laughs> yeah, over. Yep. Okay. Over and the Eagles. Yeah. Give me uh, give me San Fran at minus three. I wanted to, but I can't. I'm doing it. I I, I think it's the best team in football. Yeah. I genuinely I, do. And okay. they, they're back on track. Since the bye, since adding mm-hmm. Chase Young to an already yeah. elite group. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, best linebacker group in the league. Philly has gotten by by the skin of their teeth. Barely winning football games. A lot of really close games. They could cover and they only lose by gonna three. Be, it's probably going to be raining. Probably. I think that that works in San Francisco's favor as well as Philly. Uh, I really genuinely believe that. All right. So yeah. I mean, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a great game. Uh, yeah, I'm, okay. But I, That's I'm, good. I'm gonna go with San Fran minus All right. three. All right. righty. Cleveland in LA playing the Rams. So the Rams are favored by three and a half. We had the recent injury to DTR concussion. Is Joe Flacco gonna play quarterback? If Joe Flacco is playing. Give me Cleveland by twenty. <laughs> <laughs> the over under is at thirty nine and a half. All right. Uh, seems a little high, maybe. But um, yeah. I like Cleveland plus three and a half. I just think that he, defense is so good, and yeah. you know, they've just been nickel and diamond their way to points to win games to begin with. I don't think it changes without DTR, whether it's PJ Walker or Flacco or whomever. I don't think they operate all that differently. They're going to run the ball, mm-hmm. bunch of short routes, mm-hmm. win a low scoring game. Hopefully, the defense dominates. It looks like Miles Garrett avoided a major injury. Still waiting to hear a little bit more about that, but he did get a little banged up, was off the field for a while in that last game against Denver. Yeah, but secondary's elite and secondary's great. And if he's on the field, you know, we know what he does out there. So right. I'm gonna take Cleveland plus three and a half. I don't want to, but I agree with you. Um, I'm gonna take Cleveland plus three and a half. There's no way I'm going thirteen and three this week. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so yeah, I'll take Cleveland plus three and a half. All right. Next up, we have, uh, another, I think, a pretty underrated matchup. you got Kansas City visiting Green Bay. Yeah. Um, Kansas City, uh, they're favored by six and a half. So yeah. you got Green Bay coming off a great game against one of the best teams in the NFC. Yeah. And they're six and a half point dogs at home. What yeah. I'm going to take Kansas City minus six and a half. I think Kansas City's defensive strength is their secondary, and the Packers' run game has been lackluster, to say the least. And if Aaron Jones doesn't play, they're going to be forced to throw and uh, that's the one thing Kansas City can do on defense. So, yeah, I'm going to take Kansas City minus six and a half. That over under at 42 and a half, I'm going to go over that. Yeah, I'd go the over uh, with that one as well. But I like Green Bay, keeping it close. All right. I do think Kansas City probably finds a way to win this game. Um, but six and a half, that's, a, I mean, it's a legitimate yes. buffer. I, I mean, I, I feel pretty touchdown. good about that. I, I feel pretty good about it. So, yeah, give me, give me plus six and a half. All right. Last game of the week. Monday night, Cincinnati traveling to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. The Jaguars favored by seven and a half. 
The over-under is 38.5. Yeah, I'm, I'm slam dunking on Jacksonville this week. Um, to me, that's that was not a close game they played last week um, against the less prolific offense in Pittsburgh. Um, I know the scoreboard doesn't display that. It was a six-point game. Could have easily been a 13 or more point difference by the end of that one. I think Jacksonville wins this one by double digits. I'm not going to overthink this one too much. I'm also going to take the over, actually, because I think the Bengals will kind of get they'll muster up some points, and I think Jacksonville kind of they probably break the 30 mark in this one. So, wait, did I pick it? No, I did not. No. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Jacksonville minus seven and a half, easy. The Bengals look bad. It's, um, it's not a good team. They can't get down the field. They can't. Their defense can't stop anybody. Um, yeah, uh, Jacksonville minus seven and a half all day. Um, all right. Lock it in. I don't think I mentioned it, but I've been putting a dollar bet on every on all my picks. I was set to win twenty seven thousand dollars. Yeah, missed it by three picks this week. I must have gone a lot of favorites here because uh, I'm only set to win four grand. Four grand. Wow. Four thousand two hundred sixty nine dollars. So a lot of underdogs. Bet, so yeah, what, which all the more impressive that thirteen and three picking <laughs> underdogs. I mean, I'm telling you, come on now. All right, that's it. That was rapid fire. So, all right, how you feel? We've got about ten minutes. Okay, and we're gonna dive into some Steelers talk here. Let's do it. I'm waiting for it? this all yeah, day, all I know. week. I actually. could tell. Yep. I could tell. All right, you're like, yeah, <laughs> rapid fire sucks. I'm talking about Steelers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, give me your impressions on the game Sunday. Um. I know we we both watched the game. We've watched a couple of breakdown videos of Kenny Pickett, and I'm sure we, you know, that's what we do. We dive yeah. into the game. So, what did you think? Ah, oh, first play of the game, play action. Yeah, uh, two safeties, perfect. Open middle of the field, seam to Pat for Army with 24 yards. I don't think I have to say that was the biggest middle finger. Yeah. So Matt Canada and everything that has transpired over parts of the last three years. Yeah. The opening play of the game. And then they, they did it again after that. Yep. Um, and again. 12 total receptions to tight ends, if you include that Darnell Washington caught one. Uh, Connor Hayward had a couple. A bunch of targets going to tight ends. A bunch of throws in the middle of the... I mean, we just saw a clear like overhaul in philosophy yep. and game planning. It was yeah. just a completely different architecture. I mean... Some of the play calls themselves weren't that different. I mean, you're operating out of the same core playbook. Can't install a new playbook. No. But you, you could just... Like tell we said, the sequencing of it. A completely different brain of, trust there. Like, yeah. It was just a different... And then you um, heard a lot throughout the week about the communication that they were building, you know, with the new regime, let's call it, even the interim regime here. Yeah. And then it comes out that Matt Canada wouldn't involve any assistance in game planning. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things like, no, no, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. And then you, you don't got it, dude. Yeah, I mean, no, no, he did not have it. <laughs> I mean, you know, every everyone really, even still has said, you know, he worked really hard. My candidate. Well, I'm not doubting that. But they did also say how he was very reclusive and a bad communicator during game plans. Yeah, and, and I don't know. That's, that's, like, that's like at the top of the list of what you need to be able to do as the offensive coordinator. Dude, for think a of it even team. just like as a normal job. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you, uh, you know, rely on the help that's given to you 
within your workplace like environment it makes zero sense it's like oh you're a bartender or you're a waiter but you only use and you're washing the sign language yourself. like yeah. you can't communicate <laughs> with your tables no I refuse. you know what i mean uh, uh, weird analysis. they'll figure it out when it's time to eat yeah no they'll get the food when i give it yeah to and them. then every order is wrong <laughs> yeah. and you and got the wrong cares? sauces and mixed together you know yeah. it's a mess <laughs> and that's what the pittsburgh Steelers offense was for about yeah. three years so um first game with 400 plus yards finally didn't do it a single time with Matt Canada employed no. by the team as the offensive coordinator. Fine. First game without him, they promptly threw it up, put up uh, 421 yards. Mm-hmm. Kenny looked confident. Um, big thing that really stuck out to me too: throwing beyond the sticks, throwing, stretching the In field, third and long, especially because yeah. one of those over the middle passes was on third and twelve. Yep. And if Matt Canada is calling plays, we're dumping it off or running up. I mean, now I get it. There's a time and place to do that. You're backed up against the goal line, something like that. Yeah, you just got to get some space. Yeah. But he did it all the time. It didn't the matter time. where we were. So to the, the, see that play call and see that execution, that was awesome. I just feel like there was a lot less predictability, too. Um, oh, for sure. And I don't know. Uh, I kind of went back and rewatched some snaps, but a lot of really interesting three tight end sets mm-hmm. uh, where they actually had Fryermuth, Darnell, and Hayward out there all at the same time moving guys around, and what they were really doing was keeping Cincinnati out there in their base package defense right. so that then they could move pieces around and really keep them off balance. Uh, utilize, I still think they could utilize play action a little bit more, which is 100%. interesting. Uh, Kenny's always been great out of that. Yeah. Um, and, and, I mean, in, in, I mean we, we, yeah, we talked about that. I mean, like, Steelers has been running the ball great, 150-plus yards and f- rushing and four or five straight games, something like that. Yeah, like, first time in almost 20 years. Why wouldn't you that. rely on the play action? The teams are, I mean, I'm, yeah. exp- I mean, I do think that's the one place we're still pretty predictable. I think that Matt Canada's rushing packages, I mean, when I, as soon as the person I run on the field, I'm like, run. I saw one really interesting formation when I rewatched it, and I believe it was, uh, what did they do? They had one offensive lineman. On one, oh, on one they did side, an they, over, and they, then they did Darnell yeah, Washington hand yeah. in the ground next to him, and then they did three linemen. That on the was other on side. that third and like two, third and three. The little um, you had uh, you had um, Jalen Warren come across in motion, and then everybody goes left. Warren goes right. Kenny Pickett uh, naked naked bootlegs to the right and gets a little yeah. three yard completion. But yeah, you we interesting design though. It's... Put Broderick Jones over on the left side, almost like in the tight end spot, and just slid. Yeah, a Darnell Washington. But that's the advantage of having spot. a Darnell Washington. Oh yeah, on your offense, right? Definitely, it's a cheat code. You have a skill position player that you can line up as an offensive lineman yeah. and still feel like he's going to hold like on what his he, assignment. What he did with his one catch, I mean. He carried it. three or two people and got the right. first down. I mean, that's who he is. Caught it probably three, four yards away from the first down marker, and then just throws a couple dudes on his back, and is like, "Here, we're, we're going over here." That's what happens when you're a literal alien. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, all in all, I mean, the points weren't quite there. You have Deontay Dropson in the end zone, um, Jalen Warren fumbling after. Too bad, but I think you really have to look a little bit closer to it and just see that they just had so much more rhythm. Yeah. Um, you also had the big. Bombs on each sideline. One to Deontay, one to Pickens. Uh, really good of, touch on those throws. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, both of them absolute dimes, honestly. Yeah, they were great throws. Might as well have been a handoff. I mean, yeah. That, they it, may it, put it where only they could get it. and In stride, perfect. I mean, the uh, I will say this. It seems to me that George Pickens is going to be upset. No yeah. matter what, we win or lose unless he has one 
of those long catches. He was real happy at the end of the game. Dude, he was super happy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if he doesn't have that, but he has, like, a couple five, six, you know, ten-yard catches, he's going to be like, oh, man, what a waste. I, th- I think that is something you have to watch. Right. Which probably segues us to Deontay Johnson and just what happened with him. is just the attitude issues, the not playing the following snap after he dropped the touchdown. There's the fumble next to him. Yeah, nobody did anything to you. You dropped it yourself. It's on like, you, buddy. You, like, and you can't just not participate in the following snap, especially when there's a live ball by your feet. Here's what I'll say. The first time I saw the replay, I thought like, oh, he probably didn't know that the ball was out. Then you watch it again. He's looking right at it. No, man. It's like, dude. No. Whether and, It's, and it's borderline benchable at this point. Oh. It really is. For sure. Yeah. But Calvin Austin got a little banged up. Apparently, he's got an ankle thing. So it's like, do you really want to do that? That's the only thing keeping him on the field. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's because I think the Steelers go for another wide receiver in the draft. I think it's very likely. Yeah. Top first three. I think the Allen Robinson thing is kind of like, it's, I think he's gone. Yeah. I don't don't think they pay him next year. I mean, like, nah. Yeah. No, it's very likely they probably draft the guy. And if Kenny keeps playing like Marvin this, Marvin Harrison though, Jr. be trading up. Oh boy, <laughs> that'd be unreal. <laughs> that would. We'd that's have to, insanity. Yeah. All right. Yeah, <laughs> forget I said that. <laughs> but no, I could. I could see them definitely aiming yeah. for maybe even a couple receivers in the draft to see what they do. Because I don't think Calvin Austin took off the way they had hoped. And dude, explain to me why he's not returning kicks. Well, some of it. Yeah. Bukwe is back there. Yeah. I think Bu- it said that close. Well, McFarlane was supposed to be the return guy this year. I don't like McFarlane returning kicks. McFarlane does, you know, like people talk about Pacheco looking like he's doing a ton to get, you know, whatever. That's Anthony McFarlane, too. He tries to make too many moves. That's why he's not playing running back anywhere right now, because he gets the ball and he starts just like, <laughs> it's like, dude, you didn't even make it to the line yet. Like, calm down. I, I just think it's a shame because I thought he was outstanding in week one returning kicks against San Francisco. And okay. it really opened yeah. my eyes to it. But ever yeah. since then, we haven't seen it. So no. I just think. Calvin Austin returning punts, that's great. But I think you give him the space returning kicks where you get, you know, a 10-yard yeah. head start. He, dude, in the open oh, field, fast. he reads blocks great. And you can see it when he's returning punts because he turns, you know, nothing into at least something. I think he's a good little football player. I just think he was... <laughs> it's a good little <laughs> He was just player. really underutilized. Yeah. I mean, everyone was being utilized inappropriately on the, the Matt Canada offense. Oh, for sure. He could get worked in there a little bit more the next... You know, they have six games left, so yeah. we'll see. But yeah. What about defense real quick before we sign off? Yeah, so final thoughts here. Uh, defense, um, banged up for sure, but I, I like what the pieces that we put in the secondary are doing. Joey Porter Jr. is outstanding. He's been killer. Um, the Steelers put out on their Instagram page, they're like, oh, yeah, vote for the Pro Bowl. I'm like, Pfft. And I'm looking through it. I'm like, okay, TJ, yeah, and Joey Porter Junior, honestly, like, and d- Pat, deserves some Pro Bowl votes. Pat honestly, Pete's been really good the last three weeks. I was looking at a breakdown, at, like no one's I'm talking, leading anything I'm, against I'm him. I'm talking Pro Bowl here. Yeah, um, no, I, you look uh, at the full body of work for the season. No, well, that, I, I can't yet. Well, how he, about he's, this? He's got to keep going. Go Joey ahead. Porter, yeah. since becoming the starter, it's five games. Yep. One catch for 22 yards against Puka Nakua. Yep. Two catches for 20 yards against Calvin Ridley. Yep. One catch for 12 yards against the uh, Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. One for 17 against DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Two for 36 against Jamar Chase. Yeah, that's Porter Island out there. That's, he's growing up quick. I mean, he's been outstanding. Now, here's the thing, like, you know, uh, I've heard from a couple of people that are upset about the penalty calls. He's a handsy dude. He was that at Penn State. Yeah. I mean, he had tons of those calls at Penn State. So he's going to have, he's going to have to grow out of it a little bit. But I will put up with the occasional pass interference call if he's shutting down. Yeah. You know, number one receivers like that. that Five-yard holding or 15-yard 
you know, if it's down the field, whatever. But, but now, yeah, no, I agree. 100%. Now, the, what what game was it where like the first quarter he had like six penalties? That's too much. See, um, I was I was surprised to hear though. I think he only has three or four penalties on the year. No, that have been no, accepted. No, 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 no. Oh, That's okay. what was said. Well, accepted. Okay. Well, um, but I'm saying whatever. God, I can't remember the game, but it was like the first two drives of the game. Homeboy, just I mean, was they, it the the Cleveland game? Mm, no, but they literally took him out. They like took him out for like half a series because I mean he couldn't keep his hands off people. Man. Yeah, uh, but like I said, it doesn't bother me. Hey, he'll, he'll grow out of that to some extent, but that is also just partially his play style. He's a physical, really oh, long yeah. corner, and, physical, and like skinny, said, little, long-armed. You know, yeah, well, volcanic like you said, island. If you're shot. You're shutting guys down. What's the difference? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean. No. What are your thoughts on the defense here as we wrap this up? Dude, I was really impressed by the rush defense, man. I mean. Well, yeah, if you decide not to block T.J. Watt and give him free reign to well, that, little that helps. Jake Browning. I mean. But whew. for me, it was more, I thought they'd come out and really run the ball with Joe Mixon, and they just could not no. do it. Keanu Benton's starting to look like a pretty good pickup. He, he's he been I like him a lot. flashing since day one. Yeah. Love him. Uh, Cam Hayward still doesn't look like he's 100%, but he's making enough of an impact because he is right. who he is. Right. Um, but Joe Mixon, eight carries for 16 yards. Yeah, dude. That nothing. was their rush offense. Yep. Really, all they got through the air was a couple tips. And Dude, all their big completions were accidents. Well, do you know that on the Joe Mixon catch at the end of the game, we had 10 players on defense? It's That makes sense because he was... We were missing a guy, yeah. so we actually were shorthanded nice, on that play, nice, and it nice. gave him a little extra room, which probably huh. I did really not know contributed that. to that. No, so. Interesting. But yeah, no, I think the defense is really doing an admirable job of playing a patchwork job with a bunch of training camp kids out there. Oh, I mean, for you sure. got practice squad players. Trenton Thompson, I think, is really Trenton stuck, Thompson stuck out. leads the team in interceptions. He's been really good, man. No, wait. No, no, I lied. I just made that up. Maybe I didn't. Does he lead the league? Or? No, team. team oh, lead team, the team. team, team. Uh, I can find out for you real quick. Okay, yeah. I heard something ridiculous the other day, and I was like, wait a minute. I thought that was his first one. Um, But uh, somebody, whoever leads our team has three, and it's not who I expected. Um, Well, Levi Wallace. I know has at least three. I'm I'm pretty sure. Uh, he hasn't looked great. No, he hasn't. Um, I don't know. My computer stopped working. But yeah, no, Trenton Thompson, I think, has been great. I think Alana Roberts has just been a tackle machine. Um, and they're doing the yeah, best no, they I can. Like Hopefully we get Minka back. I heard he had a, had a partial um, participation today at practice. Yep, he was supposed to, yeah. So, um you know, that's that's a good sign. I mean, they're just going to keep riding it with what they have. There's not when you l- lose your two best middle linebackers, and then you know you got injuries to an all-pro player and, at safety, and then the guy that was next to him is hurt. Keanu Neal's still out, so I mean, there's they've done a really good job despite the injuries of staying above the line. And I think you have to give a lot of credit to Tomlin and Austin, quite frankly, because yeah. you know, critical of them as we may be, you have to give credit where it's due, and um, they've wow. done a pretty good job. Okay, whoever was talking earlier today. It was on the radio somewhere. They lied. Levi Wallace, two interceptions. Devontae Casey, two interceptions. Those are team leaders. Oh, I thought for sure. Didn't Wallace have two in one game? I could have sworn. That's probably the two he's got. Yeah. Because I remember the Raiders game, he had at least one. Yeah. So, yeah, that was it. Two. There you go. All right. Yeah, well, I was way off on what I was saying. Ignore <laughs> everything I said about that. Hey, you know that. what? Joey Porter has one more than he had all in college. He has he one. Had, he had one in college. I meant like last year, I guess. Oh, like okay. last season. Yeah, yeah. sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know, but overall, I mean, they're they're doing the best they can with what they have. 
You still have game breakers all over the field. Nick Herbig, honorable mention. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, talk about closing. Talk speed, about dude. Troy Polamalu closing yeah, yeah, ability. Exactly. That's what dude. that felt like. It screamed it. Dude, right the, off the whole screen. time I was thinking to myself, you know, I, what I was thinking is don't get um, roughing the passer because he's going to throw the ball away. Jake Browning held the ball. It's just like, just, yeah, I'm just going to get. It was a deer trained. in the headlights. Oh my Not quite gosh, as bad dude. as. Because I think it was Chandon Sullivan who had a free lane to Browning on one play and just missed him. Completely oh, dude, missed so him. Mad. And then that then that turned into a big a big play. And then TJ, a little frustrated, a little frustration hit gets a roughing the passer on that same play. That was the most frustrating play of the game. Yeah. Because, dude. I, I know. I, I, I get it. You don't want to get a penalty, but don't dive at his ankle. Yeah, it was it was the opposite of what Herbig did on his right. play. He really did a great job of just shutting the whole thing down. So yeah. Well, looking forward to this week, um, guys. Be sure to follow us on social media on Instagram. We are at Fancy Blackboard on X. We are at FF Blackboard. Shoot us an email with any uh, DFS questions, betting questions, lineup questions. If you listen to yesterday's episode, our email is ffblackboard at gmail.com. I'm right. trying to not say the at in the front, even though I know it's acceptable. I just think it's weird. Um, guys, good luck this week on your bets, on your DFS lineups. Good luck in regular fantasy, and we will talk to you next week. Peace.